Amen. Thank you, Brother Carl. Seated, and you know, say Merry Christmas to you. And it uh, seems like it was just New Year's just a couple days ago. And uh, this year flew by. Uh, I hope next year's much better for all of us. Than, and uh, I know certainly for me, I'm, I've already made a New Year's resolution to stay out of the hospital next year. And uh, so you pray with me that I can uh, keep that New Year's resolution, okay? And uh, it's probably in the hospital more this last year than any other time in my whole life. So. Uh, don't want it to be a trend starting. And uh, so if you have uh, your Bibles, you find First Peter uh, chapter 2. And uh, today we're going to wrap up this series of the gifts of Christmas. We've been talking about uh, all the gifts. Um, and you know, you might get a present or two. Uh, but it's important we remember that it, Christmas is not about gifts under a tree. It is about a Savior that came, the great gift, in fact, the greatest gift uh, that the world would ever know was when God sent his Son, whose name was Jesus. Uh, And that's the reason we celebrate Christmas. uh, Adam and uh, Rob, y'all, this is not a good sign. Uh, Robin read for us uh, this morning uh, that beautiful story uh, is the reason uh, for Christmas. And so uh, this morning I want to talk to you about perhaps one of the most important gifts and maybe it's one we don't appreciate. Uh, you, know, I, you know, almost 50 years old, gotten lots of gifts over those years and uh, especially at Christmas time. But, you know, I can remember relatively few of them. And probably you're like that too. Uh, and some of you have gotten even more gifts than I have. Uh, and so you, there's even more you can't remember. Uh, but the things that I remember most about Christmas, and the, the, the most special things are not stuff at all. But my favorite Christmas memories and the ones that I still remember have to do with family. And... You know, just being there, maybe some things that were done. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm thankful for, for those gifts. And so it's important we remember Christmas is not about commercialism and not about stuff. Uh, and so take time uh, this holiday season, tomorrow, uh, and really the whole year we should, but especially tomorrow, uh, as you gather with your family or you talk to them on the phone and FaceTime or do whatever you're going to do with family and friends, be there and enjoy that time. Um, and so, um, and, and so uh, let's take a look at... So today, we want to talk about the gift of new standing. Because of what Jesus Christ did, because God gave his son, And then Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. And we'll celebrate that in a few months when we celebrate Easter at the end of March. So be here before we know it. Uh, Because of that, we have the opportunity to have new life. And to be a part of a family. Listen, being part of a family is a great great thing to be a part of a family. To have family members and, and friends. And I tell you that family is not just people that are blood related to you. The most special family are the family that you chose. 
That's much more special, isn't it? I think it is. You probably do too. Uh, There's all some of our family that we would just assume cut out of the family tree. Uh, We can't do that and we love them and all that, you know, kind of stuff. But then those family that we choose, they really are because we chose them. We didn't have to, but we chose them. And that is so special. And the great thing about Christmas is it reminds us that God chose you. He knew all about you. He knew all the times you would fail him. He knew the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life. And yet he still chose you to be a part of his family. So let's take a look. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 12 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of their visitation. And so... Some of that language in there, the reason I picked this passage was because it's not a Christmas passage, but it has some inklings of the Christmas message in it, doesn't it? If you remember back in uh, John chapter 1, how John began his gospel, and we did look at that uh, during our first week of this series, uh, how God this brought from darkness into light in the days of creation And John begins the message of the Gospel of John with similar messages, reminding them that the light of the world has come. And that light is Jesus. And Peter says, because you've received that light, it has made a difference in your life. You know, there are some gifts that you get that you're like, yeah, that's nice. You never use them. You might put them in a shelf, you might occasionally use them, but you don't really get much use out of them. But the gift of new life, the gift of standing, is something you use every minute of every day if you allow God to to do it. And so Peter says, listen, because you've received this great gift, you've received the gift of eternal life that anybody can receive, that God gave that gift to absolutely everyone. And all you have to do is receive it. To take that wonderful gift. And so Peter gives us three challenges, and we want to take a look at them. The first thing that I want us to see this morning is, as it relates to this new standing, is let's stand in belonging. Peter says, you used to not be a people, but now you are. You used to not know what mercy was, but now you have received. How are, you a, a pers- how, how, how are you a part of the family of God? How have you obtained mercy because of what Jesus Christ did? The fact that God came and dwelt among us. The fact that he was Emmanuel. That he was Savior. 
that he's wonderful, counselor, prince of peace. And he came and he said, now if you've received that gift, you belong in my family. And that is a very special thing. It is a great thing. And so uh, Paul says, he writes in Ephesians, he kind of echoes Peter's sentiment. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 21, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. It is a marvelous and wonderful thing to know that you have a family that loves you. Now, some of you were blessed with great families, and you grew up in families where there was a lot of love. Some of you probably did not. But regardless of however you experienced family before, when you become a part of the family of God, you surely then have a family of love. Because God is love. And God welcomes you in as part of his family. He doesn't have uh, nieces and nephews. He has children. and grand- He loves all of you. And he receives all. And he, more importantly, claims you. He said, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, even Steve Price. He belongs to me. Yeah, and he's not bashful about claiming. He's proud to claim you. And that is a wonderful thing. And so Peter and Paul remind us in these passages that we've read, it is a special thing because you have been chosen, and that's a great gift. There's one last bit of scripture I want to read before we move on. The next is 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 through 7. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of man we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. What a wonderful message and a reminder to us that as we've received this great gift that God has chosen us to be a part of His family that comes with this challenge to be different. To understand that because you are a part of the family of God, you have to act like it and behave like it. So he said, listen, we came, we brought the gospel to you, you got saved And not just by the preaching, but your life was changed. And that didn't happen by circumstance, it didn't happen by your effort, it happened by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And so now you belong, so belong. Now there's probably some organizations and some people treat church this way. They claim to belong, 
and yet you never see them except maybe Christmas, maybe Easter. Do they really belong? They really don't. And people, you know, you join clubs and, and various things and they don't go to the meeting. You really don't belong. And so Paul and Peter both make the stand, understand you belong, that God chose you, so belong. Act like it. Live like it. And what a great gift that is. And so remember, regardless of what others may say about you, God said, I choose you. And so you live according to, in, in a way that's worthy of God saying, you know what, I'm glad I chose him. I'm glad I chose her. Then secondly, he says, let's remember, let's stand in light. One of John's favorite illustrations for God is light. We'll look at a scripture in 1 John here in just a minute. In the gospel, that's again how it began. That Jesus Christ, this light, that had come into the world, But what does light do? Light shows us the way. It gives direction. And by the way, light cannot be hidden. If you're standing in the light, everybody can see you. And so with that in mind, let's listen to 1 John 1, 5 through 7. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. I'm so thankful that that great gift that God gave began Christmas morning many, many years ago. But the gift wasn't fully realized until Easter, 30-some years later, when Jesus surrendered that life. To pay my sin debt, to pay your sin debt, to pay the sin debt of all the whosoever's in the world, that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. And so... Another thing about, like Jesus said this way in in, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you know what? You don't light a light and put it under a basket. That's crazy. You light that light and you let it shine to give light to the whole room. And Peter wants us to understand that the gift of Christmas should light not only our life, but others should see that light. And be attracted to it. Most people in our world today have not read a Bible. There was a time when even if a person didn't go to church, even if they weren't particularly religious, they had a Bible. That is not the case anymore. In fact, probably the majority of people that live in our nation don't own a Bible have never read the Bible. But do you know what they do see? They see you. And John reminds us, if you're standing in the light as Jesus is in the light, guess what that means? 
That means when people look at you, they're going to see Jesus. And so he reminds us of how important that is. That we stand in light. Remember that first what from 1 John that we read. It says, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. In our lives there is some darkness. But here's the thing about light. It dispels darkness. But darkness cannot dispel light. Darkness is the absence of light. The only way to make something dark is to take away the light. And so Peter challenges us, let's, this Christmas especially, let's stand in the light of Jesus Christ. Let's let people know why we celebrate Christmas. The parties, the trees, the presents, they're all pretty good. If you were here Wednesday, we had a great time Wednesday night with our Christmas party. We played some games, won some prizes, some of you. Tried some of you that uh, Grinch hot chocolate. That, uh, By the way, if you make that, don't. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to do this because see, we had some left over and I put it back in the milk container. Well, guess what happened when I went to pour me some the other day? That thing is solid as solid can be because there's more white chocolate in there than there is milk. And so I don't know how I'm going to get any. I guess I'm going to have to put it in the microwave and pour it out. I don't know. But anyhow, that didn't have anything to do with the sermon. Uh, let me try to get back on track. That's great. That's good. But can I tell you that if you go through all the parties and all the presents and you've never mentioned the name of Jesus... Man, you've wasted a season. And you've wasted an opportunity. And so stand in the light. But then lastly this morning, let's stand in love. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, we all, God is love, and we, there are all kinds of verses that talk about that. We know that God loved us, and so He gave this great gift of Jesus on that first Christmas morning many, many years ago. But here is something I want to challenge us with, and I think Peter challenges us with it as well. And Jesus wants to challenge us with it as well. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 44. It says, but I say to you, and this is Jesus, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus wasn't challenging us to some kind of sinless perfection. But what he is challenging us to do is love like God loves. 
You all know there are some people, I'm pretty easy to love, at least I think I am. But we all know, and I hope you're not this person, but if you don't know anybody that's hard, it's probably you. Um, but we all know at least one person. They're, they're just hard to love. It, it's like they make, they do it on purpose to try to make people to hate them and to not love them. But can I tell you, those are the very people that need love the most. Because oftentimes the reason they are that way is because they've never had love. Maybe they've had abuse or rejection or they've had... Lizzie, can I tell you something? Jesus challenges us with these words and it is sometimes hard. When you start loving people that are not the right people, then others will say things about you. But by the way, they did that to Jesus. They said, hey, look at this guy, Jesus. He thinks he's so holy. He says he's a holy guy. But there he is, eating with the publicans and sinners. That must mean he's a sinner too. Ask the people will talk. Let him talk. But Jesus said, you love them. You love one another. That's, by, that's very important. Because Jesus said, they will know you belong to me. Not because you love me. He didn't say that. He didn't even say, not even because you love my father. He didn't say that either. He said, they will know that you're mine because you love one another. And then he says, you know what, that is important. But then we're reminded of Jesus' words. Hey, if you love only those that love you, what good is, you know, what good is that? That's easy to do. But you know what? God loves everybody. And in fact, I want you to remember that God loved you even before you loved him. Even maybe when you were out you know, slapping God in the face and rejecting his offers of salvation and putting him down and, you know, chastising his people. God still loves you. And God's pursuing after you. And God will, wants to change you. And God will through the gift of Jesus Christ. And that really is what the message of Christmas is, is that regardless of what circumstances you may have found yourself in, no matter what rotten stuff may have happened, God will make you new. And God can. It's not easy and it's not quick. Oftentimes it's messy. Especially if you're going to love people that are unlovely, you might get slugged a time or two. You might be cursed out. That's all right. Just keep loving. Because this is what God and the Holy Spirit are eventually going to do. As you love that unlovable person, God and the Holy Spirit are going to be chipping at the walls of that hard-to-love person. And just maybe, if you continue to love them, those walls will break entirely. And that person might come to know the love of God. 
because you first loved them. And I tell you, there are a lot of people I know and over the years that have made excuses and said, you know what, and in fact, Gandhi said it this way. He said, I am almost persuaded to be a Christian, except I know something. Now, Christians are not perfect. There's not one of us here today that's perfect and sinless. But as God's people have received God's gift by being part of God's family, we should be trying to be more and more like God and to reflect more positively on Him. And sometimes that means doing things that are uncomfortable. It definitely means loving people that don't love you. Maybe even people that are hostile towards you. Jesus didn't say love the apathetic. He said love your enemy. That's hard to do. It honestly is. But when we let God do it. Because how can we do it? Because, what did I say at the beginning? We have a new standing. We're changed. We're not what we used to be. We have found mercy. Because you know what? It's hard to be a curmudgeon and it's hard to be bitter when you've experienced love. You see, just as darkness cannot take away light, Jesus said you do not overcome evil with more evil. You overcome evil with good. And so, this Christmas, might we stand in the gift that God gave us of a new standing? Might we realize that we belong, that God chose me and God chose you? It's a wonderful thing to be chosen. Can we remember that Jesus was the light and if he's in us, his light's supposed to shine through us? And can we remember that God calls us to stand in love? And sometimes that's hard. But we've got to stand anyway. Keep praying. Keep loving. The easiest thing to do, people that, that don't love or people that were mad at, people that have done something, just, the easiest thing for us to do is just to write them off. Say, well, I'm not going to bother with them anymore. But here's the thing we write them off, there's no hope. But if we say, you know what, I'm going to love them and I'm going to stick by them anyway, despite themselves, there just might be hope. Because God can do amazing things. Now the scripture says, with, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I believe that and I hope you do too. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, thank you for Christmas and the great gift that you gave in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that you took us who were orphans and foreigners, strangers, and you called us son, you called us daughter.
And what a great gift that is. Lord, may we know and experience through today and through tomorrow and through next year the reminder of Christmas and what it's about. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be the light that you've called us to be. Help us to love like you've called us to love because we belong to you. Let's stand together, friends, and let's sing a hymn of invitation. Maybe you're here today and you've never received that great gift of new life. Today you can. What a great Christmas gift. What a way to start Christmas, to, on Christmas Eve, to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And maybe God says to here today as I've talked, God's brought somebody to your mind. So you know what? You need to love on them. You need to be a light for them. Would you say, you know what? God, help me to do that. Let's sing together this morning.